Welcome to Authentic Alchemy, the place where we tap into infinite possibilities and attract your deepest desires. I am your host, Emily Burke, and if you have found yourself here, congratulations. You've just taken a step towards your next up level and expansion. On this show, we dive into all things manifestation, shadow work, spirituality, personal growth, and creating your most authentically you dream life. Well done for choosing you by pressing play today. Now let's begin. Hello and welcome back to Authentic Alchemy. I'm so incredibly grateful that you're here. If you are a new listener to the show, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so happy that you found us. And if you are a return listener, thank you so much for coming back. I'm so incredibly grateful. I am honestly so humbled that you're tuning in um, and I'm just so, so, so incredibly appreciative of your time. Now, today I'm really excited because we have the beautiful Lisa Hawkins on the show. And Lisa is a dating and relationship coach who is passionate about the human experience, human behavior, and psychology. She helps us come into a spiritual awareness and connection through questioning our beliefs and changing our reality. She mentors people to connect at a higher level with themselves and others to love deeply, freely, and open up to be authentic. And I am so excited because Lisa is the first relationship and uh, dating expert that we've had on the show. And she's had over 26 years of experience, I see. And I am just so incredibly excited to dive into this topic because I think that our relationships is something that we quite often take for granted and we don't realize has such a huge impact on our entire lives. And we can really amplify every area of our lives by diving into our relationships. So welcome Lisa to Authentic Alchemy. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here. I'm excited. Yay. So before we dive in, I ask all of my guests this one question, which is what does authenticity mean to you? Authenticity to me means without an agenda, be present fully with ourselves in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that. Without an agenda, that's that unconditional uh, living. And I love that. So, for the listeners who have not met you before and do not know you, can you give us a little bit of a backstory, a little bit of an insight into who you are, how you got here today and how you serve in the world in as much or as little detail as you feel called to share. Wow. Um, It goes back many decades, actually. Um, So I'm a survivor of domestic violence. Um, It was quite violent, the ending of the relationship. Well, actually, it happened after the separation, the legal separation of my husband. And I was beaten brutally. And because of that, um, I was at rock bottom as a person, a shell of a person. And I had, obviously, I had the physical wounds, but I also had uh, traumatic brain injuries and uh, severe PTSD because of that. Um, He was a drug and alcohol user. And 
I had to really start from absolutely a thread of life in me to pick myself back up and put myself back together in a different way. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. It just took an incredible amount of commitment to myself that I wasn't going to allow that define who I am as a person that I was going to learn to live a better life somehow, some way. And I didn't know how at the time. I really didn't. Um, and so that began my journey. I had to learn to love life as a shattered person. And then I had to learn to love my journey along the way. And I cannot even begin to tell you the depth of knowledge that I have about what true self-love is now compared to what I thought it was many years ago. Mm. It's been a journey. It's absolutely been um, a wonderful, sometimes not so wonderful <laughs> And journey. And because of that, I um, developed a passion for human behavior and psychology because I had to understand why we get into toxic relationships, why we can't seem to leave them, why it's so hard for us afterwards, and then how do we get into healthier relationships? Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of learning experiences along the way. So that began my um, journey into relationships and it's just grown over the decades and then I've become really conscious in my effort uh, and so I just started developing conscious communication and conscious relationship um, tools uh, to help people to become more conscious in the relationship and to understand how to navigate it from a different place mm, yes so good. Thank you so much for sharing such a beautiful, and I say beautiful in the sense of um, I think all vulnerability is just the most beautiful thing in the world. And um, I think the world is starved for it and it just gives um, so much life when people are vulnerable um, and it's really inspiring. So thank you for sharing that. And I love the notion that that um, you know, that rock bottom moment of I'm not going to let this define me. And I think so many people live through life um, with the front cover of their book, of their life, as what has happened to them. Um, and it's when we really, you know, empower ourselves to just slot it in as, as just a page or, or a chapter in, in our story and not let it be the title of our story, not let it be the thing that is us. It's just a part of a part of the journey. And, um, you know, that's something that I uh, found very for myself in my own um, trauma is to allow that to, you know, to not allow that to define who I am, but just let it be a page in my story and allow myself to learn from it. And it's, it's something that, you've clearly created such a beautiful, uh, you know, well, business, but also being able to help so many people along the way. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit about how, um, I'm trying to think about the bet, what question I really want to ask first. And I guess that that would be is, is like, what are some of the, um, Kind of common patterns and and problems that you're seeing um, 
in in just like everyday relationships that people are coming across and in not being able to connect and really thrive and, and create that conscious relationship? Ultimately, it's a fear of vulnerability. But we also have that with ourselves. So, of course, we're going to have it in our relationships, right? Like yeah. sometimes when you're becoming more and more conscious, you really have to sit down and have some really hard conversations with yourself as a person. And I'm talking about inviting all of our parts to the table. And so when you're in a relationship, it's about vulnerability, having the hard conversations. And most people avoid them. But we, as a general rule in the world, navigate our relationships from either pop psychology or... What's what's pop psychology? What do you mean by that? Pop psychology is just common beliefs about relationships, right? The cliches, idioms, things that people have said for eons, right? Mm, yeah. And, and, and that we've never questioned, right? Mm-hmm. And I've questioned quite a bit of them. But yeah, so we're navigating, we're navigating from default. And our default is our conditioning. And our conditioning not only comes from our parents and our, and our relatives, but it also comes from society and our peers, and the experiences we have, and all of that conditioned us. And so we feel that we are perfectly capable of having a relationship, and it should work based on all that information. And then when it doesn't work, we think it's the person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, it's so powerful. And I know that I have had like I have actually really loved in, you know, and this is like a hindsight thought, like looking back and I'm, you know, we're always on the journey, but I had such an interesting, which I'm not even going to say it's uncommon. I think it's very, very common. You just don't hear people talking about it a lot, but idea around what relationships were. I, I grew up with, you know, divorced parents. So I, I never really got... And then there was, you know, they kind of had a few like unhealthy relationships along the way. So I I just kind of didn't really get um, a model of what a healthy relationship was. So I got a lot of it from, you know, what I saw other people doing and what I saw on TV. And for a very long time, I thought that like somebody like needing you like desperately and willing to like sacrifice everything to be with you and this like romantic like idea you know, I'm gonna like invent like put like some quotation marks around like romantic like idea of um you know those big romantic gestures and and everything like that and the thing is is we don't like life isn't just like these like little magical moments that it's the in-between parts, you know, it's not those like parts that would be like on a movie. It's all of the magic that happens in between. And what I've come to discover is that everything I thought that I knew about relationships and had learned about relationships actually made me feel incredibly anxious and made me feel very insecure. And when I got into a, you know, my, my current relationship four years ago, And, you know, I really did manifest, like, just my person. Like, he's just absolutely incredible. But all of a sudden, the mirror was turned back on me and I was like, holy shit, like, I... I'm like, 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 what the hell is going by? Like, I got everything that I wanted. Why do I feel so crap right now? Yeah. Yeah, it's really... 
It does. Sorry, you go. It comes up. Our unhealed parts will come up. And our partner is the best person in the world to show them to us. And of course, we don't like that. Why would we like that? They're showing us a part of us that we haven't embraced yet. We haven't questioned. And I'd be care- And I'm really careful about saying that because it is important to embrace the parts of ourselves we don't like. And so much of society is teaching you to, you know, try to work around it or not like it or send it off somewhere into the universe and not pay attention to it. And I got to say, through all my 30 years of experience with this, it is not going to go away until it is held, heard, embraced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when our partner shows us something we haven't embraced yet about ourselves that we don't understand, we're going to not like it. And we project it out to them, right? How could they not be the problem? <laughs> right? Right. And so your perfect person is going to show you things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it usually happens after the honeymoon stage is over. Yeah. And you know what's so funny is like I look back now at like, you know, the honeymoon phase and like that was such a beautiful time and I wouldn't go back to it for a second. Like I would not trade anything to go back to that phase because for me in that phase, yes, I was like excited and like I couldn't think about anything else but him and I just I couldn't get we couldn't keep our hands off each other and you know we were we'd sit there and we'd talk for hours and stare into each other's eyes and I would send him a text message and then be checking my phone like every 30 seconds to see if he had replied I would you know if he couldn't hang out with me one night I'd be like oh my gosh he doesn't like me anymore he's not interested anymore and I'd be freaking out so I would not go go back to that phase because, again, for me, it was a, it was a real um, anxiety kind of thing. And what I now um, understand and feel, and I actually had this beautiful this conversation, it was a very apt time with my um, partner recently, only a few days ago, and um, and I just turned to him and I just said, "I trust you deeper than I think that I have ever trusted anybody." And he's just like, and he, and he said something, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was along the lines of, yeah, well, you know, um, it's it's beautiful when you can trust somebody and you're showing up as, as your best self and everything like that. And I said, yeah, but it's more than that. I feel like I could show up as the worst version of myself some days and you would still be here. And that's a very freeing feeling that I don't think a lot of people feel. I feel like I could actually be, have like, the worst day ever and be a total bitch to him. Not every day. That's not the way that it is. But I could, you know, be like the worst version. We have days. Like, you know, we're not perfect. And he would still love me and hold space for me and be there. And that is the the most freeing feeling that I have ever experienced. I'd love to hear your perspective on on um on that kind of like the way that we feel in relationships and what that tells us. Well, and going back, um, those two are linked. The honeymoon stage, you're actually being taken. Your brain is connected. Like it's got brain chemicals rushing to it. It's making you feel that. It's almost like a high from a drug, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so it is almost out of a control feeling. Something has a hold of you. It has a hold of your time and your space and your, you know, you're doing things that, you know, you just don't feel like. Yeah. And so like the freeing feeling that you have now is such such 
it's more grounded it's more real yeah and of it's very healthy to not want to trade that in for a hundred another honeymoon stage although some people do some people really love the honeymoon stage so they go from relationship to relationship um mm -hmm. but that's that's a sign of health in a relationship when you can be that open with someone and be your worst self and they can support you through your process and going through whatever it is you need to go through to get out of it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so it's a more grounded freeing place. And you know what? I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world either. Mm -hmm. There's something very yummy about it. It's just, it's just an incredible authenticity that just, for me, there are no words. Yeah. Oh, it, it is it like I love that word yummy it really is yummy like it's you know it's it's like the butterflies but it's like settled it's like it's like um it's not like anxious butterflies it's like just floaty butterflies and like they're serene and that's just like the visual that just came to me then but I'd love to um hear for anybody listening who's kind of like like I feel good. Like I feel like there's something just kind of missing, but I'm not really kind of sure like what it is like in my relationship that's just not quite clicking. Can you give us um an idea of I guess some like the way that it kind of shows up in your day-to-day -day life? Some, you know, um, I don't really like the term like red flags, but um it could be like like things where you kind of you might be able to help people see where there's maybe a disconnect in their relationship or or things that maybe they have um, normalized because it's all all that they know, but it's actually a sign that there's there's maybe something going on for them. Well, two things there. You're right in bringing that up. Actually, um, oftentimes we feel comfortable with something that's unhealthy because we were normalized in childhood to somehow feel that that was safe, mm -hmm. even when it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And so it's confusing to us when it feels so comfortable. And you've met people that say, oh, I feel like I've known them my whole life. It's not necessarily a good thing. It's not necessarily a sign of a healthy relationship. It could be that your dysfunction is attracted to, to their dysfunction, and it's very toxic. So you have to be careful with that. Um, I feel comfortable with someone in the very beginning um, and just be aware and conscious of how it's unfolding. And the flags are absolutely there, even if they're just caution flags, they're unsettled aspects. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what I tell people to do first off is find the unsettled part of you and have a discussion with it. Mm, yeah. You really have to sit down and have a discussion with yourself. What is it you're needing? Because ultimately, who's responsible for giving us what we need. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And so you have a, you start with a conversation with yourself, like a real honest conversation. And then once you understand what you're needing and what, what you're lacking or what, what, where the disconnect is, you want to deal with that disconnect within yourself first. Mm. Then you go to your partner because you've just connected with yourself and that's the best time to have these conversations is after you've connected and heard yourself and then you have a conversation with your partner and then you go into the conversation without this desperate need for them to do something to make you feel better yeah does that I make think, sense 
Yeah, I think that that's really, really powerful is not needing them to do anything because, and, and this, you know, I think that ties in with the sense of responsibility of, well, what's actually going on for for me here. And I know for myself, I've had so many moments over the past four years where I've gone, oh, like, I wish that he would just do this. And why isn't this? And like getting really, really irritated um, or like even like kind of downtrodden trodden, like, you know, like, why doesn't he want to do that? And I've gone, well, where did I get the idea that that would, is going to give me some kind of sense of, of security in this? Or where did I get the idea that that's what a relationship is supposed to be? Um, I'll give a quick example. Like, uh, like my partner, and I, like, we do a lot of things together, but we don't necessarily tie into, you know, like he'll come sometimes to like things with my friends and stuff like that, but it's not something that he will tag along every single time I go and do something. And the thing is, is I, I grew up in, in um, you know, particularly in my early 20s and also high school where a lot of my friends did just have their partner just kind of it became a part of the friendship group and was just like there. And um, they kind of just did absolutely everything together and would kind of morph into this like same person. So when it didn't kind of happen in that same way for, for me, I was like, Oh my God, there must be something wrong. Mm-hmm. And what I now know is that this is actually so beautiful and freeing because I am my own person and he is his own person. It's not that he never comes and does things. We actually spend a lot of time together but we're allowed to have our own personal identity. So it's just like one example of where I really like for quite a while, I kind of sat on it and was like, there must be something wrong. Even though I felt fine in, like I felt really good in the relationship and with what we had, but I was comparing it to what Mm -hmm. other people's relationships were doing. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit if you've got something to say on that, like comparisonitis that I think a lot of people get, um, you know, in relationships. And, you know, like, for instance, I'm 30 um, and I swear, and I, I very rarely go on Facebook, but whenever I do, it's like somebody's getting engaged, somebody's getting married, somebody's, you know, having, ba- it's very easy to like get like sucked into this, like um, comparing your relationship to somebody else's so I'd love to hear your perspective on that it's systemic in society isn't it (laughs) yeah depending on on your um the country you live in um the society you live in the religious aspect the cultural aspect I mean we can go into a long conversation about that but um yeah and so like I've, I've actually taught about this to to moms you know and and women in general, I I feel that are more sub, subject to the comparatitis. It's a good word for it than um, oftentimes men are. But it's the quickest way to go insane. It is. You lose yourself completely. Mm-hmm. You can absolutely can. And then you have to ask yourself, what am I going to get out of it if I'm like everyone else? Mm-hmm. If I do it on their timeline, what am I going to get? You know, yeah. and how is that being true to who you are? How can you possibly be authentic? Yeah. If you're doing what other people do. And so that's why I say it's the quickest way to go insane. Seriously. You compare yourself to someone you have a story about 
how your life should compare to theirs and what they have that you don't have that you don't even know that they really have. And you're, you're like, you can go into this whole mental construct of it and you've lost yourself completely. Yeah. And this lost idea, yeah, and this, this idea of like the grass is greener on the other side is just this, you'd be jumping fences for your whole life. And the thing is, is that everybody has their own shit. Everybody has their own stuff going on. You don't, and I know this, this is, you know, something that's like not new. People talk about this all the time, but what people share and the way that people present to the world is a very small snippet of their world, their world in their home, their internal world. Um, and the thing is, is you're the only one that can, that knows what's right for you. And you're the only one that knows what's authentic to you. And by trying to create your life through somebody else's model is a very fast way, like you said, to lose yourself, to lose that authenticity. And that's when you get out of alignment. That's when you feel really real. Like if you want to feel really like downtrodden and just icky and stuck, like try to live somebody else's life because that is exactly what we call it. Yeah. And that's why I call it insane. Yeah. 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 You, you really have disconnected and yeah. Totally. And you're ungrounded and there's all sorts of synonyms there, but like, yeah, you've lost yourself. I call it insane because I feel that at times it can really just like become a part of us Mm. where with one thing, we're going to do it with another. And the next thing, you know, our heart, our whole life is dictated by what we see in the world that we should be. And so yeah, so part of being in a conscious relationship starts with ourself. Mm-hmm. And how conscious are we with ourself? Yeah. And how so. are we checking in with ourselves every single day? How is your life going right now? Where do you want it to go? Am I living with intention? Am I checking in with my emotions, my feelings, my reactions? And question them with curiosity. Oh, why did I just do that? Oh, and I sit with it. Then I really ask myself the questions. And then I do my worksheet and then I check in on what's going on with me. And it's not ever about doing anything wrong. It's always about, I'm just curious about who I am as a person. Mm. I love my journey getting to know me that's my lifelong commitment. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that I have first and foremost is to myself. So we become conscious with ourselves before we can be in a conscious relationship. Sorry, I'm losing my voice. And so we have an opportunity to attract what we are with ourselves. And then we can find that mirror. That doesn't mean that there's not going to be triggers. It doesn't mean there's not going to be times, like you said, when you're like, really caught up in something but we learn and grow from those and that's what a conscious couple does it sounds like that that's what you do is you question it and you discuss it yeah because you really there's three people in the relationship well there's three there's three entities in a relationship you your journey him his journey and the relationship and the relationship has its own journey mm-hmm. and so you're committed to your journey he's committed to his and then you have the relationship 
And it's about being conscious of where the relationship's going and checking in with that. Yeah. So it's so, so, so interesting. And you said a couple of things there that I want to like dive further in to. And that is that like living um, with intention in your relationship. Now, this is something that like I'm always trying, my my partner and I are always trying to get better and better and better at. And I know what I kind of feel like I know what that means. So I'd love to hear like, what does that, um, you know, look like uh, in a, in a relationship, you know, like, I mean, we, we know, um, we can make the assumption that we, that we know that, you know, being intentional with your own life means that, you know, you have goals each day you're showing up and you're making choices that are in alignment with where you want to go. Um, so I'd love to hear like, what does that actually, and what can that practically look like in, in a relationship? Living with intention. Yeah. Well, again, first, are you living with intention with yourself? Hmm. I know it's redundant, right? I'm going to always bring it back to yourself first because really. Um, so living with intention in a conscious relationship is it looks like checking in with your partner. Hmm. Checking in with yourself, checking in with your partner. Uh, having the discussions about where you want your relationship to go. And it's not just what it, it, you know, like there's three aspects of it, where you want it to go, where he wants it to go and where the relationship is at. And it's about being intentional about how you're going to get there. Yeah. Um, But a lot of couples fail because they don't keep checking in with their partner and they don't keep checking into the health and growth of the relationship because you get into a groove, everything's going fine, right? Yeah. Or so you, it, you kind of like reach the point where you've done, you know, maybe you've set those intentions of and goals to a certain point. Like maybe it's, you know, well, we're going to get, you know, do some traveling and then we'll maybe we'll get married and then we'll have kids. And then it's just like a blank canvas from there that hasn't really been thought about or tuned into about what uh you you want to do after those particular things have been you know ticked off the list I guess true but those are those are just like milestones Mm. how about we check in with how we're both feeling about things Mm. what aspects do we want to get better at Mm. can you give an example oh there you go yeah (laughs) So for instance, like, and I work with a lot of men, so I will use them, you know, but like, this is not only men, just want to set that out there. Um, They avoid difficult conversations. A lot of my male clients do. And so they think it's really evolved to just walk off when they get uncomfortable (laughs) and not talk about it. So... In a conscious relationship, you know, you're going to want to sit down and have a discussion about that walking off and how does your partner feel and why are you walking off and what does that mean? And you want to check in frequently. So what your goal might be is for the walking off to not happen, to Mm -hmm. sit down and be able to have an uncomfortable conversation and to be honest, completely honest about it. And if it gets so uncomfortable, you just can't do it 
then you're honest enough to say, I can't really do this right now, but I'll come back and we'll finish this conversation. And then you actually come back and finish the conversation. And that's what I mean by intention. And you have to follow through and you have to hold yourself accountable and you have to hold your partner accountable. Um, it is work. It is in the beginning. But after you've done it for a long time, it becomes second nature. And then you notice that your relationship is in a different kind of flow. Mm. And then it's like what you said, you can go to your partner with anything and he's going to be there for you and support you and allow you to process it however you need to process it. Mm. So I don't know. Go ahead. I was going to say something that's been very, very powerful and that we're still working on in, in my own relationship is um, actually having conversations when not when not that uh, we have dis- arguments very often it's very actually very very rare but we've actually had a converse like multiple conversations about how we need or desire those um, you know quote-unquote arguments um, to to go and what we need in those moments and that's been very very powerful because at the beginning it was very similar it was the the walking, the walking away, um, or the just kind of um, like really butting heads and just not hearing each other. And the thing is, is that you can't have those conversations when you're still in the heat of that. But now we'll just, you know, and it's very much for me because I I know my man and I know that he actually needs time to process what's happening. Like I'm very like instant and I want to have the conversation right now. He needs like 24 hours sometimes to like process the information. Um, So like I've actually, you know, we've talked about it and I've actually taken responsibility to say like, I can see we're both getting frustrated right now. Why don't we check in in and out like in, in um, you know, tonight or tomorrow just because we're not getting anywhere right now. But we've had conversations about the fact that that's what we're going to do. So it's not like we're showing up in that moment and we go, I need you to just go away for 24 hours and we'll talk about this tomorrow. And then being like, what are we talking? You know, we've had the conversation so we know that that's what we need. It doesn't mean that it, it goes seamlessly every time, but it, it means that we've intentionally set, knowing that we're going to have disagreements sometimes, like we're human beings. Um, and I've also, you know, asked him and said, a need that I need is that if if you are going to walk away for whatever reason, you know, I need you to say, I'm com- like, I, I need some time and I'm coming back. And, and I said, that is that. all I need. And he does that, but it, it took time. He didn't do it the first time or the second time or the third time, but he got there and I gave him that grace and I just reminded him, you know, and then that helped me also in that, you know, knowing that he did come back every time and he does. And I don't probably don't need that as much as I used to, but mm-hmm those kinds of conversations outside of when things that, you know, the, the particular challenging moment is so powerful and it, and it's life-changing and it means that it's not a fight. It's a disagreement that becomes a conversation. Mm-hmm. And when I say you're getting into a flow, that doesn't mean that it's bump free. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have bumps. And I really love triggers. Triggers are great, you know, because mm-hmm. our, best growth can be within those disagreements and those triggers. 
Absolutely. There's a lot of good information in there. And so we learn to trust ourselves and our partners. And we know that triggers there. We're going to work through it and have that trust. And it's really wonderful that he comes back because a lot of men don't. To be honest with you, a lot of my clients walk off and they don't go back, even if they say they're going to. And it's like, you've got to follow through. You've got to. If you commit to coming back and having the difficult conversation, then hold yourself accountable. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely wonderful that he holds himself accountable and he shows back up and you have the conversation. Mm -hmm. And certainly our partners can't process everything the way that we do. Yeah. Um, and so women often feel it all right now and they want to say it all right now. And men are like, whoa, whoa, that's too much. I can't take it in all right now. And and that's very common dynamics. But um, to give them time to process it and to yeah. come back. And see, I happen to be one that needs time to process it. Mm. And uh, so this is good because I've worked up um, a pause your way to a powerful relationship worksheet. And that's what it's designed to do. When you're having a disagreement and you're really feeling all of these feelings and you're not one to say or do anything that you know you're going to regret later, mm. stop yourself, take a breath, and you go do the worksheet. And then you sit with yourself and you process it. That way, when you come back, you're more clear on what your needs are and you can express them more clearly. Mm. It doesn't always happen that way. And it does take practice. It takes a lot of practice. It sounds like you're on the way. Yeah, it does take practice and it's and it's a forever thing. It's never, and that's something that, um, you know, Tim and I have really devoted to, it, uh, devoted to our relationship is to continuously have those conversations and to adapt and grow and understand that our needs are going to change and our relationship is going to change and to allow it to evolve over time. Um, it's such powerful stuff. And the thing is, is it's so interesting how much people invest in their health and they invest in their careers or their business, but they don't invest in their intimate relationships and growing those and expanding those. And there's one thing that like I've come to understand is how you do one thing is how you do everything. And if you're stuck in your relationship, if you're not expressing in your relationship, if you're not showing up authentically in your relationship, if you're, um, you know, just not evolving in that space, it, it leaks out into all other areas of your life. And it's so interesting without, you know, going into too much detail here, but very recently I, like my partner and I kind of cracked into a whole new um kind of space where I really expressed something that I I needed that was really big and all of a sudden my business and my health and all of these other areas of my life have just it, it's like exploded all of a sudden and the thing is I haven't done anything different in any of those areas but but the thing is is there was something that I was suppressing within myself inside the relationship and it's it's so powerful when you tap into this stuff. Like, you know, for anybody who's listening, like if you're feeling stuck and you feel like you're doing all the things in all the areas, like turn and look at yourself and your relationship and how is that going? People invest more in their car sometimes than they do the relationship. They'll spend hours cleaning their car. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I mean, seriously. I, can, they, can they come and clean my car? My car's dirty. You know, I've, I've had on my to-do list clean car for about three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And this is because of lack of skills, right? Because they don't understand how to navigate their relationship. And they don't understand that, you know, they can actually take the difficult times and, and turn it into something really beautiful. Uh, and I think there's a little bit of fear there. You know, you're going into territory that you have no idea how to handle. And it's scary, right? You're going to be vulnerable. You're going to show sides of yourself that no one's seen. Sometimes you haven't even seen them yourself. And they're actually unseen. Like you said, you're suppressed, right? I'm always finding parts of myself that I didn't know were there. Yeah. Um, but they show up a lot quicker when you welcome them. And the same with disagreements in a relationship. If you welcome them and you know you're going to be able to get through them and you're going to trust that you can talk it through somehow, it's a little bit easier to navigate it than if you're going to avoid it like the plague, you know? And that's, you know, exactly what you're saying is that people do spend more time. And like, like I just did a reel, it's like it takes five minutes to, a day to check in with your partner and see how their day went. And I bet most people spend that five minutes doing something unproductive. I saw that reel and I was like, yes. And it really does take five minutes. And sometimes you actually need to like schedule that in. Like we like had a really, you know, kind of refresh of what that looks like, like because our lives have actually changed, like our, our individual lives have actually changed recently. So we needed to recheck in with what that looks like for us. And, you know, and it is that when like whoever gets home, you know, whoever was home, home first, whoever gets home second, whoever is already home actually stops what they're doing or at least says, just give me two minutes or whatever it is. And then we stop and we take five minutes to just sit. And it was quite often like, I'll, you know, we'll just have a little cuddle in the kitchen or I'll go and I'll sit on his lap and we'll just check in. And I remember, I, you know, uh early on he actually said to me he was like we're just starting the same conversation every day like how was your day yeah it was good like but I'm like it doesn't matter like the the you know when I um it might be me kind of like you're tickling his hair a little bit or just you know for me like physical touch is a huge love language for both of us so who's to say that that isn't part of that connection you know, or it might just be, you know, sometimes we'll ask a question and it's like, what was the best part of your day? You know, what, what was something that was exciting? What was something that was notable for your day? Um, you know, we went through a phase there, which was really lovely, where we um, would ask each other, like, what are five things that you're grateful for today? And they'd be like silly little things, but it's just a moment to just touch base and connect in with each other. Gonna... It's, it's absolutely true. And knowing each other's love languages and needs is very important in that because you take that five minutes and you do those things. And if touch is really important, then you check in with your partner and you do the touch at the same time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it, takes it takes intention to do these things. And scheduling is great for a while, right? You schedule it for a while. Set your timer on your... You set your timer on your phone if you need to. Check mm -hmm. in with my partner. And you're doing this because by default, you are used to avoiding it or not thinking of it or just letting something else come up that's more important. Mm -hmm. And so 
by setting intention, putting post notes, setting alarms, you're going to get yourself into a new habit. Yeah. And it sounds a little unromantic, but really it's the effort that counts, right? Eventually it will become very romantic and you'll find that you're going to look forward to it. I was going to say that it, it becomes, on. yeah, go ahead. I was going to say it, it becomes something to look forward to. It is. Or like, it's, like ske- schedule in like a romantic evening together. Like, you know, it's just like, like just, you know, that lovely time. And it's something that you get to look forward to. Yeah. And then, you know, it's going to be a turn on. You'll forget that you had to schedule it eventually. Right. Yeah. And get turned on by it. You're going to find that it's very romantic and yummy and you're going to look forward to it and it creates intimacy. Yeah. So you just have to be able to the uncomfortable part first, right? Go ahead. I was going to say, and it shows a commitment from both of you, which like, I don't know about you, but that, that turns me on. That makes me excited. That makes me feel loved is when you see the commitment and the follow through from somebody else. From, from like my partner, if they've said like, we're going to go for a walk after work tonight and then we get to spend that time together. I'm like, yes, I don't need him to like come up to me spontaneously and just go, let's go for a walk right now and, and you know, walk on the beach together. No, he goes like tonight, let's go for a walk when we get home from work. Excellent. I've got all day and I know that I'm going home and I'm going to get to spend that time with him. And that's like, that's exciting. That makes me feel loved and and excited for sure it's okay to do both you can have a spontaneous walk on the beach right but you can also have a planned one right you can Mm. have both it doesn't have to be one or the other and that's the thing with people they they have this idea that relationships should go a certain way Mm -hmm. and that gets in the way right yeah you schedule it of course you should if you're busy and you don't and you value your relationship then you schedule it if that's what you need to do that's it's a priority right you put the things that are a priority in your life as a priority go ahead I was gonna say and the scheduled task not the scheduled task the scheduled things that you put in actually feed into more spontaneity you know the more because you're all of you're doing it more so you're um you're in that vibration of you know feeling connected and loved and then you naturally desire to spend more time together and to do more things together um so I think it feeds into to itself for sure it does it it absolutely does and that's part of being in a conscious relationship mm. you do what it takes to get where you want in your relationship yeah. and the having that commitment before we dive into like the last two my final two questions for you I wanted to ask because I feel like this is a would be a really great um thing to leave people with is where can people start because you said a little while ago that like when it's all new and like having this conscious relationship you know uh or or building you know a deeper connection um is new and you don't really understand like the dynamics there and everything like that if somebody's wanting to learn more about this whether it's them on their own or they want to you know learn more with their partner what are some, um, you know, like books or resources or like whatever it is that people can conduct? Because I know that that's where I started. That's and you know I still do. I, I have read some incredible books. I've my partner and I have read some incredible books together. That's just given us the tools to be able to 
go in this with a, a little bit more um, knowing, I guess? Well, I have a book that I have written that's on Amazon. It's a very short book for busy couples um, called The Awakening by Lisa Hawkins. Mm -hmm. And it explains conscious relationships, what conscious couples do. And it also talks about how we get into unhealthy relationships. Yeah, And it also has the worksheet on there to use whenever you're upset. Uh, it's very quick. It's like 16 pages, but it goes into quite a bit how to use triggers um, to deepen the intimacy in your relationship. So you can do that on Amazon.com. You can go to my website, consciouslyawakecounseling.com, and I have quite a bit of information there. You can also book a session with me if you'd like one-on-one, -on -one and we can go over this. As far as other books go, uh, I don't really know of any right now. I've developed most of all of this by myself, um, but there are books out there if you want to delve into conscious relationships. I know Byron Katie has one um, I read oh over two decades ago called Loving What Is. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so what I think is if when your intention is there to learn about conscious relationships, you can manifest it. The information will show up however it does, if you really are invested in learning. Yeah. And start, start like following Lisa on Instagram, buy her book. Um, and I like, I truly like, I find like the perfect books show up at the perfect time and, you know, the perfect resources or the perfect pod podcast episode. And you're like, yes, this is the thing that I have been looking for. So I think that's beautiful, beautiful advice. And I was actually, I actually meant to ask you earlier about the worksheet. So there you go. It's in the book. Um, and I'll pop the link to that in the show notes so that people can find it. Um, I have two final questions uh, for you. Um, the first one is, what is a beautiful manifestation that has unfolded in your life and how did that unfold and unravel? Mm, I had this question in my mind and I had the answer already decided and then like the emotion right now is just right coming up for me so my answer is quite different than what I had written down I'm still here mm -hmm. I have healed over the past 30 years in ways that I never thought was possible and I have overcome so much so I've manifested healing mm -hmm. and peace and freedom through my journey of deeply wanting to heal that part of me that was so wounded. So I'm still here, right? I'm still here. And I'm so excited about helping other people overcome those obstacles in their lives to be able to have that same inner peace. Perfect. So beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, it brings up a lot of emotion for me. Never apologize for emotion over here or ever. <laughs> it's, I think it's so beautiful and it is. And I think if there's one thing that I've taken away from that is it's, it's just no matter where you are, it all just starts with one little step and then another one and then another one. You don't need to think about the end results. You just think about the right here, right now, and what's the one little thing that I can do right here right now and it it compounds over time 
Um, and I'm sure that anybody anybody listening will be able to see on the reel on on Facebook. You really do glow. Like you have like a really beautiful sense of peace oh. and a glow about you that only doing that like really deep inner work can can achieve, you know, and it's it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Well, thank you. But I just want to say quickly that that one little step sometimes is just to breathe. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just taking one breath. Yeah. If that's all you can do, that's what you do. You take one breath and then you take another. So it really is about just doing the one thing that you can do right now and then trusting the journey. So perfect. And my final question is, um, what is uh, something that you are currently manifesting? And I ask this question because I believe that by speaking our desires out loud, we really anchor them in and I'm just on such a mission to get rid of this idea of like make a wish but don't tell anyone about it because it won't come true. I, I think that that is uh, bubkis and I think that we should screen our desires from the rooftops if we want to. Um, so I would love to hear about something that you were currently um, calling in and manifesting into your life. To help 5,000 people with my work. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. Just touch the life, though. But if I can just touch the life of one person to help them pull through the deepest and darkest times of their life, then all of this is worth it. So really, 5,000 people sounds a little egoic, but like just one person, really one person that had given up hope and doesn't know how to make it to the next day. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to want to want to touch and, and help 5,000 people. You can 5 million people, and I think that that is perfectly possible. And um, <laughs> I am such an advocate, particularly for women, to just want what they want. Unapologetically, this is what I want, and I'm allowed to want this. And um, and that and your desire has such a beautiful, beautiful ripple effect on, on the world and um and so it is and so it is and so it is <laughs> I enjoyed <laughs> beautiful and um where can people find you if they want to um like you said your, your website and they can follow you on instagram where can people um connect with you i am on instagram and consciously counseling.com on facebook i am lisa hawkins dating relationship coach and again my website is consciouslyawakecounseling.com I'm on Twitter as well but I don't really stay as active there so you can find me TikTok I'm pretty much everywhere <laughs> beautiful and I'll, I'll pop all those links in the show notes um, so that people can connect with you thank you so much for coming on Lisa I really really appreciate it I'm so grateful that you asked me it's been a pleasure You're so welcome. This has been amazing. If you've listened this far, well done. You're truly devoted to creating a life of your deepest desires. If you loved this episode, share it with a friend or better yet, rate and review the show. It truly does help get this message into the hearts of more people who need it. 
Plus, it's like giving me a big virtual hug. Don't forget to DM me over on Instagram at I am Emily Burke and share your biggest takeaways and aha moments. I love connecting with you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And until next time, keep making moves to create your most authentically you dream life.